is time. Did you miss us? It's been a minute, but we're back better than ever. And I mean, we're here to talk regular season football for the first time this year. And I'm ready. I'm ready to roll. We're going to quick blow through those games. But as always, before I forget, find us at Corner Lockdown on Twitter. You can follow us each individually if you just look up our names. I am Alex. And with me today, as always, we have Dustin and Alec. We have a lot to get to. We're going to quick breeze through a note that just popped up. So let's get to the news and notes. News and notes from the league. So Adam Schefter just dropped kind of a bombshell, guys, no more than a half hour ago before we started recording. Jalen Smith of the Cowboys, Pro Bowl linebacker, out of nowhere, got cut this afternoon. And off air, Dustin and I were talking before Alec joined the Zoom. Packers got to get in on that, right? Alec, what say you? I say I agree. I feel like, you know, linebackers kind of been our only weak spot. And uh, it's not really a hot take, but yeah, I feel like that's got to be a uh, Got to be a move that we got to take if we want to really make a push for this Super Bowl thing. Yeah, yeah obviously. As a, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> chemistry is a fire. It's been a minute. We're a little rusty. You know, we got to loosen up a little bit. Go for it. No, obviously, as you said, I agree. I think it's a good pickup. As Alex said, we're definitely struggling in the linebacker position. And was it Aries Smith out for an unknown amount of time? We could really use another guy in the linebacking core. You know, whether it's inside, outside, doesn't matter. We need one. So that's all I got for that. The only reason I think that this doesn't happen is because the Packers have a history of not going after linebackers ever. And if they do, it's the Kamal Martins of the world. So, I mean, we're talking fifth round guys or undrafted guys like Chris Barnes. So I wouldn't hold my breath for this one. But if, you know, there's news that drops before the weekend, Oh, hey, Jalen Smith's a Packer. I will be doing laps around my living room for sure. So there's a bunch of injuries and stuff. We're not going to get into that. We have way too much Packer stuff to get into. This is what happens when we're three busy individuals and can't record for a month. So we're going to get right into it. We're just going to go rapid fire, 10 minutes of game analysis each, starting with that god-awful one in New Orleans. We are going to do our first ever game recap. What just happened? Time to roll back the tape. Here's this week's Game Rewind. All I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. All right. Game number one. Neutral site game. Green Bay traveling to face the New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville. Final score, 38-3. to Quick recap, the offense looked broken. The defense looks like it regressed. This is week one. We're not talking just – we're doing this as if we are in week one. Offense looked just utterly lost. Defense regressed. So analysis from game one. We're going to time travel a little bit. I'll start with Dustin. Game one analysis, if you even have to say more than that. Dog shit. That's all I got to say is complete (laughs) dog shit. If I took a literal shit on the ground, it would have been prettier than how the Packers play the entire game. Just dreadful. It was dreadful, okay? Yeah. Alec? Yeah, you know, watching that game, I've there's been very rare occasions where I've shut off a Packer game after – you know, three quarters. Uh, I'm I'm proud to say I've I've probably only done it 
three times during my entire life. This was one of those three. I mean, I shut the fucking thing off. It was terrible. I, I couldn't. I couldn't continue watching. Um, I I was in the back of my mind happy that Jameis was playing well because everybody else told me that I was an idiot for drafting him in my fantasy league. Um, I thought that he was going to do well, and in that moment, I thought, "Wow, I got the steal of the draft." Turns out, I'm. I'm probably wrong on that too. So um, all in all, just terrible all the way around. I didn't even have that saving grace of, oh, at least I got Jameis for a steal on the fantasy squad. You still got some of that butter from, you know, the crab fish, you know, that's, that's it. Yeah, oh, you've been fine. Is that going to be the, I mean, that'll probably be the lasting legacy of Jameis Winston. He could be Dan Marino 2.0 and we're all, we're, that's all anyone's ever going to remember, which oh, I mean, don't, don't do kids. If you're listening, don't do dumb shit because it will follow you because the internet is forever. Anyway, I basically said my analysis defense, awful offense. I mean, that's the worst we've seen Aaron Rodgers play. And I remember in that point in time, I was wondering, is this some weird, like Aaron Rodgers tank? Because he made some throws that it wasn't, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. I am pretty convinced. Although quick side note, because obviously we want to move on from this game because who needs to spend enough time on this one? Jordan Love played a real game, not preseason, like something that counts. Five for seven, 68 yards. All right. That was kind of cool. But, yeah, we're that's enough of that. Packers lose week one. Week two, come home Monday night. They got – the just dreadful Detroit Lions. Although I was at that game in person, that first half, the Packers looked pretty dreadful. It was one of those deals that uh, Jared Goff made them look just awful. And I remember questioning to myself, oh God, here we go again to Detroit. If we lose to Detroit, I am walking out of here and I am starting riots and I will sharpen my pitchforks and Luckily, Green Bay takes care of business, 35-17. Rodgers picked it up in the second half. Aaron Jones was an absolute monster this game. I had him in a bunch of DraftKings lineups, and thank you, sweet, sweet Aaron Jones, because they all cashed. Thank you so much. But anyway, so takeaways from this game. Alex, let's start with you this time. Yeah, so I remember watching this one. And uh, going into work the next day and people saying, wow, you know, the Packers defense really looked great in the second half. And I remember correcting everybody and saying, did they look great? Or did Jared Goff just really blow chunks when it started to rain? Because I mean, really fall apart. He fell apart. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that it has to do with his small hands in the rain. Um, You know, he, he couldn't hold on to the ball. You know, it's he fumbled it. He fumbled it. He threw a pick that was just dreadful. Um, and you know, I was I wasn't ha- I wasn't happy with our defensive performance as a whole, as some people were. But I thought that you know they capitalized on opportunities, which is you know something to uh, something to be happy about. But as far as their performance, I feel like the defense didn't perform as well as people gave them credit for. They were just in the right time at the right place for, for a lot of those. Um, I thought the offense looked really good. 
I thought that, like you said, Aaron Jones was unstoppable in that game. I mean, it's always fun watching him go off too, because he's such a stellar person on and off the field. And I do just want to let you guys know that you guys picked the worst game to go to because they gave a lot of airtime to El Cheesehead. He he was all over the TV screen. Yeah, there's a Packer fan that's super into the sombreros now, and uh, he was on. Oh, the- I did see this. I saw this on Instagram afterwards, and I was thinking, who the hell is this guy? Because there is a photo of him putting a sombrero on a helmeted or a helmet wearing Aaron Jones, and I did not know who this person was. So I'm glad that uh, fans are getting screen time over just terrible gimmicks. A lot of screen time, have you? I mean, it, they, they kept trying to pass it off as, yeah, it's Hispanic Awareness Month. And it's like, no, you guys just want to show this dude because he's kind of nuts. Like, that, that's really what you're doing. You're giving airtime to a crazy person. But, you know, either way, it was fun watching him. Bloggers, ESPN is racist, even though <laughs> this is three weeks after the fact. But they are racist. cultural appropriation those racists at the mothership dustin thoughts feelings you were there what did you think yeah i was there as well um you know honestly i'm probably gonna say the same thing alec is here but i I agree i think we gave the defense a lot more credit after the game and goff's hands do not smell my hands are very large i promise they're they're big okay anyways moving on from that my uh trump impression of the day but yeah, I, you miss us, folks. Did you miss us? <laughs> Anyways, back, back to what I was saying. Yeah, no, golf completely fell apart. I mean, two fumbles, interception, just looking awful. Second half, first half definitely scared me. I thought, oh shit, I'm like, we're going to lose all lines. We're going to go 0 and 2. I'm like, this study is going to rage. But then, second half, I mean, offense really kicked it up, capitalized on their mistakes, and just, you know, first half was ugly, second half was better. But just, yeah, I wasn't impressed with the game overall. I thought that defense could play a lot better, but it is what it is. We got out with the W. We'll take it. I do want to just – I'm watching the highlights as you guys are talking just to kind of remind myself of what happened even though I was there. My first takeaway, and this was literally the first thing I said out loud the entire game. I was sitting there enjoying my snacks, my beverage, which at that point was a water because, you know, people got to work. And I, the, it was the first drive of the game. Kevin King got burned again in front of the home crowd. Quintez Cephas, Wisconsin alum, loved him when he was at Wisconsin. He's a good Wisconsin receiver. He's not a great NFL receiver. Alec, I see you. This is an audio medium. You're giving me funny looks. I if are, you sh- are you sure that Kevin King got burned? That doesn't sound like it. <laughs> I, I mean, thought you were questioning my Quintez Cephas take. I think you're thinking of the guy on the other side of the field. I think that's who you're thinking of. Wow. Yeah, Jair. I mean, Jair getting burned, that's more likely. But We'll get Kevin, to him in a second. I was a little concerned the last two weeks, but we'll get there when we get there. We'll cross over when we get to it. But I'm also watching these highlights. And it, the offense was more creative. And maybe it didn't look that way week one because obviously nothing was working. But there was shovel passes. It was motion. People were moving. It just looked a lot more like the style of offense we are used to. I guess my if I had one sentence for this game, 
other than good rebound is cut Kevin King. That would be my summary for this game. Because when he was off the field and Eric Stokes was on, you could just see the difference. The The crowd in person was like, you could feel almost a collective sigh of relief. Like, oh, this guy is gone. Thank you. That would be cut Kevin King. That is my week two summary in a nutshell. So now, moving I'm at the on. point where I, I prefer Chandon Sullivan over Kevin yes. King at this point. I mean, yeah. No, your boundary corners at this point, even though we're in this point in time, we're only in week two, your boundary corners need to be Stokes and Alexander, and that needs to be it. Done. Write it in. Put it in ink. Be done with it. Kevin King, thanks for your services. If you want to cover some slot guys every now and then, weave them in and out, fine, whatever, because he'll get help on the inside. But, yeah, I can't watch him get burned by Scotty Miller and Quintez Cephas. And I'm not just saying that because those names are funny. Like, they are literally – Scotty Miller doesn't exist anymore because Tampa's got that many weapons. Quintez Cephas, again, we're not ranking Badger receivers on this show, but of the last decade – I mean, top 10, but he's not anything special in the NFL. Anyway, rolling on. Last week, the Niners, we had to go back to San Francisco. I said in our group chat during the game, I hate the San Francisco 49ers more than any team in our division, and it's not even close. Boy, was I screaming at my TV. They won. I had a lot of thoughts and feelings on this one, but I don't want to keep rambling. So I'll throw it out to the group. Thoughts and feelings, Packers at Niners, Packers win 30-28 to on a Mason Crosby game-winning field goal. I'll tell you what, I thought that this was a real setup for us to lose. Going into it, I thought the Niners were going to be more physical than us. They have one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL, and we're working with a skeleton crew at the offensive line right now. I thought they were going to rattle Rodgers early. I thought that he was going to have an off game. I thought we were going to lose by three scores. I, I mean, that's realistically what I thought going into it. We saw the Packers do something that we haven't seen them do in years, and that's out physical a team. We can out finesse people. We can we can out scheme people. We can out coach them when we need to. But we have lacked physicality for a long time, probably since 2010. And for the first time ever, we went out, we punched them in the mouth, and we took control of the game and willed our way to a victory. And I'll be honest, I thought we lost. <laughs> I thought oh. we lost. You know, but somehow. Some way Rogers found a way, like like he does so often, and amazed us all, and set us up for a uh, for a long one for old Mace. But you know his gray hairs didn't get in the way of him kicking that thing through the uprights. So the gray fox strikes again, and uh, you know I'm I'm happy to see us win that one. I I honestly feel like it's one of the more impressive wins that we've had in a long time, just because like I said. We have a skeleton crew at O-line. They have one of the best D fronts in the NFL. And the Niners are just so talented throughout their roster. Whether you like Jimmy Garoppolo or not, he's good enough to be able to be to, to lead a team to a Super Bowl. He's done it in the past. And I mean, yeah, that, that's my take on it. What do you think, Dustin? First of all, I'd like to say fuck the 49ers. Fuck them. Hate them. 
anyways, moving on. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Screw I, sourdough. Screw Shanahan. Screw the Golden Gate Bridge. Screw Kevin Durant, even though he's in Brooklyn. It's every everything San Francisco. Danny Tanner. Yeah. Screw them all. Just yeah. Screw that entire part of the <laughs> the United States. Just fuck yep. them all. Honestly. Yeah. Just hate it. I hate it. Not 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 biased grudge at all. Definitely from all those playoff losses. It definitely doesn't re- go through my head every night. No, not at all. But anyways. They still play those Kaepernick highlights once in a while. Like, yeah, oh, it remember Prime Kaepernick? And it's all that one playoff game. Like, yeah, that's just, it. Yep, that's it. Just – anyways, I digress. Moving on to the game. I completely agree, Alec. I could not believe what I saw, that we were being more physical than a very talented 49er team who I thought with – I mean, a really – I mean, to my opinion, a mediocre left tackle with our best – Offensive lineman out of the game because of him tearing his ACL. Dave Bakhtiari, obviously. I thought he, I thought Bosa was just going to eat us alive. I thought he was going to have the record of sacks for the NFL in that game. I thought he was just going to destroy us. And the moment I knew that this wasn't going to happen was when Robert Tunyon had a crackdown block. He lit Bosa up. I mean, when I he lit him up, he completely depleted this guy. I saw it like in like the person I saw it. I kind of looked at the top of my screen. I saw it. I was like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "This changes everything." I said, "To have him on the back, his back like that is a huge momentum shift." And after that, Bosa did nothing. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, it was a great game. Obviously, the finish was incredible. Rogers doing Rogers things with 37 seconds left. You just can't you can't do it, and no no other quarterback can do it. I mean, it's Not just not only did Tunyon deplete Bosa, but did you see him drop down and put that forearm on his face mask too? I mean, that I was so that. mean, man. I did not see that, but that is hilarious. That was that was one of the best blocks I've seen in a long time in the NFL. That was a great block. I mean, it, it gave. Excuse me if I'm saying it's Nijoku or did, what, what's the what's the left tackle's name again? You're talking about Yosh. Yoshi yeah, Yosh. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. I call him Big name. Yosh because I don't know. How to yeah, say Big Yosh. Because <laughs> I mean, Big Yosh wasn't kind of alive in the beginning. He was getting kind of dominated. Then when that happened, he had no problem after that. So it was, yeah, it was a great game. I can't really say much else with that. Great game. All right, strap in. I got a lot of opinions. I was ready to burn my house down at certain points in the fourth quarter. Here we go. Starting first half, they come out, they dominate. And I'm pretty sure all three of us, or definitely myself and Alec, when we did our when the schedule came out and we went through every game, I'm pretty sure two out of three, or not, if not all three of us, had them losing this game because that's just what Packers do. They lose in San Francisco. Come out, punch them in the mouth. They're up 14-nothing. They might have been up 17-nothing. Uh okay, so going into half, it was 17-7. I got the box score up here. So 17-7 going into half. That Even that touchdown at the end of the half probably shouldn't have happened, but whatever. You're still up 10. Cool. You're getting the ball back. Great. Nothing happens in the third. Things kind of stall out. Fourth quarter, some shit went down. And let me tell you, I my beautiful girlfriend lives with me, and she was past, fast asleep. She does not give one shred of a shit about football. I was a raving lunatic. I was quietly yelling at my TV as quiet as I could be because I want to go back to two drives that drove me absolutely nuts. Packers have the ball. It's about first time, about six minutes left. 
They're chucking the ball, trying to hit a home run. Okay, whatever. Fine. We move on. They get the ball back. Four minutes left. First and 10. 50-yard shot to Adams. Not even close. Well, that's weird. They're running the ball somewhat effectively with Jones, but okay, one shot play, sure, whatever. Second play, deep ball to Lazard. Hmm. Well, that's weird because now it's third down. The clock has stopped with over three minutes left. Why is Rodgers taking all these shots? All right, fine. Third and 10. Well, let's just get the first down. Another deep shot, not even close. Overthrew his guy by 10 yards. I don't even know who it was to. I lost my shit. Aaron Jones, 19 carries for 82 yards against that defensive front with that scrub offensive line. They were moving the ball. A.J. Dillon, 6 for 18. So at the very least, their worst guy was averaging three yards carry. I don't – that drove me to a madness I have not felt since probably the Seattle playoff game, the NFC Championship. I lost it, and I'm like, oh, of course you're going to drive down the field. Sure enough, Kittle, big play, use check, touchdown. Okay, great. 37 seconds, no timeouts. Rodgers pulled one out of his ass. That would be my sentence of this game. I was so livid. I was texting you guys in our group chat, and I can't release those to the public because I may get canceled. There was a lot of cursing, and just it was awful. I hated every minute of that, and I'm glad I finally get to vent two weeks later. But my God, what the bleep are we doing? Move the chains, run the clock. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox here. Alrighty then. So, sorry, I've been saving that for two weeks. I had quite the rant. If we would have recorded that next day, oh my God, I would have been unbearable. And I probably was there, but whatever, moving on. So we go to, yes, no, today's Tuesday as we record. We go to two days ago. Green Bay comes back home after an emotional win over a longtime rival. They have another legacy franchise coming into town. Pittsburgh with a seemingly broken Ben Roethlisberger. One and two was the Steelers record. They are now one and three because the Packers win 27-17. Packers go to three and one on the year. I talked a lot in the last five minutes. One of you two take it away so I can rest my vocal cords for my opinions on this game. Yeah, you know, I thought that it was a, a good win. I feel that the Packers tend to always kind of sit on leads. They don't they don't ever build on them. You know, you, you see a lot of teams, it, they they can keep their foot on the gas and they can put up 40 points while their opponent while their opponent kind of stalls on every drive. It feels like the Packers can only really score when an opponent is keeping pressure on them. I felt that for a little while now. But um, nonetheless, still a really good win. Felt like the defense played really well. I feel like Rashawn Gary is really starting to flourish. Um, you know, obviously losing Jair, definitely not something that you want to see. Um, I'm worried about him. I saw a report come out that said that uh, he sprained his AC joint and that there's a possibility for him to play this week against Cincinnati in a brace. And I'm just sitting here thinking, why would we risk it? Let that man sit. I understand that Cincy is better than what they were last year, but I would still rather 
take my chances going up against Cincy with uh, with Stokes and King and Sullivan rather than throwing in Jair for a seemingly meaningless regular season game that could potentially end up hurting him more long term. I mean, this is a generational corner. You know, this isn't just this isn't just another guy. This is a guy who's going to be a, uh, a Charles Woodson type guy, I think, in, in the long scheme of things. Um, so for that, I hope that the Packers do the right thing and sit him. Um, but other than that, I feel like uh, I feel like Roethlisberger's got to hang it up. Man, I don't know. I mean, he, he seemed just bad. I mean, he seemed lost. He, he seemed like he looked worse than what Peyton Manning looked like in his last year. And I know I've alluded to that a lot. That that's what happens to old time quarterbacks is they just start to lose their, their strength and they can't get the ball where it needs to be anymore. But it's almost sad, you know, with Roethlisberger at, at one point. People were talking about him in the same breath as Aaron Rodgers being a generational type player. And now just watching him out there, barely being able to move the chains. I mean, it's it's tough to see. I, I hope he hangs it up here. He's a skyscraper with legs. He always has been. Like, if you would imagine a skyscraper running, just that ball, ball or like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Like, yeah, they're covering a lot of ground, but they, they're not moving real fast. That's Roethlisberger, except he's not covering a lot of ground. Like, it's just he, – he's broken. I think it's his 18th year, I think I saw on the broadcast. It's done. It's fine. Not everyone's Brady. No one should be Brady. That's the exception and will probably be for all time. Dustin, carry on. Pittsburgh, what you see? Um, I, I'll just start with the game first, and I'll kind of go on with the bit Roethlisberger thing. But, you know – as nice as the win was, it was nice to get a 10 point win against the Steelers, you know, good defense on them. I don't, I didn't think we're really that much better than them. I just thought they played bad. I just, I just didn't think the Steelers are the team that they should be this year. Cause I mean, like you said with Rossberg, I mean, he's, he's really holding the team back. I mean, heavily. And that's where like, again, like, you know, the Lions game, like it's a nice win. Like we got to win, you know, by fairly good margin to score, but it just, you know, it doesn't feel good. Cause like they just didn't play well. You know, we're kind of giving the defense a little too much credit, I think. You know, obviously, a lot of the, a lot of the balls were just poorly thrown, and many of them should have been completed for first downs that just were missed. You know, you just look at look at our defense and just we're kind of going against really bad offenses. And, you know, I just – I'm kind of nervous for when we do go against a good offense, you know, how is this going to be? Like, are we going to keep letting up these short passes, the freaking Deontay Johnson for eight yards, eight yards a pop, and we can't afford that? You know, well, and – I have the highlights for this game on, too. As we're talking, I have all these highlights on just so I make sure I try not to miss anything. Alexander got burned by Johnson. Mm-hmm. For a, yeah. That was the first Pittsburgh touchdown. And yeah, I, I mean, he didn't really get burned. I mean, he just kind of he, he misjudged it. He jumped a little too soon and just kind of missed it. I mean, that one, like, it was a tough play. You, you would expect him to make, but I get it. You know, no one's perfect. He's going to make, make a mistake here and there. He's young. It's going to happen. But yeah, for the offense, I thought, you know, they came out really good. I really like what they're doing with A.J. Dillon and Jones, letting them just pound, pound the rock, just pound it, keep running it, running it, running it, running it until you they force them to load the box and start throwing it. You know, I thought that should have been their strategy from the get-go, just run, run the ball with those two. I mean, two dynamic backs you got. I mean, just run them and then start throwing the ball. I mean, it opened everything up, and you clearly could tell when they started running the ball, they were moving chains kept scoring, wasting clock, 
I mean, that's why I was you know, kind of a most Oregon game, really, but not really. They just kept milking the clock with their runs. This game is confusing to me for a number of different reasons because they put up 27 points on a pretty good Pittsburgh defense. I, mm-hmm. that so- it sounds good. Yeah. However, watching the game, it felt like they could have had 35 or more. Like, they, they had some opportunities. I thought uh, I'm watching the one special teams play, the punt team. This new punter, I don't know how to say his last name, but I think played a really, really big factor in this game because Pittsburgh was pinned deep several times during this game, and he only punted a handful of times. But special teams look good. I just want to give a shout-out to them because normally that's not the case. So, shouts to the special teams. But also in that San Francisco game, too. Alec, you had met, you had mentioned it, and I don't know that I fully agree, but I can definitely see where you can make a case where if they are down or things are tight, they'll score. You can book it. But when they have a 10-point lead, 14-point lead, 17-point lead, that's it. Like, everything just shuts down. And I don't think the play calling is any different. I don't think the players' mindsets are any different. I don't know if they're coasting or what. But I just – something – I think we are a little spoiled. I think last year, because it was so easy, we just expected 35 points every game, fantasy stats galore. Like, that makes sense. Because watching this year's team, it's the same group, plus Randall Cobb and a more experienced A.J. Dillon, no Jamal Williams blocking him. I mean, a year older for Aaron Rodgers and some key guys. But, I mean – I think we're a little spoiled, but at the same point, they're three and one. If you would have told me they would have been three and one at this point, I would have said, yeah, probably. So they're meeting expectations, even though at some point it's a little ugly. Also, did y'all know the defense for Green Bay? I don't have the stat in front of me, but they're a top 12 defense. I think I saw in total defensive DVOA, they're like, I want to say it was 12, 13, or 14. But they're in the top half of the league. If you would have told me that, I would have looked at you like, what? Really? Because it doesn't really always feel that way. But I think we are so harsh on this defense in particular. New coordinator. We've had a bad run of defenses lately. If you would have told me in 2011 when that defense was god-awful after that Super Bowl run and they went 15-1, and that we would have this defense today, oh, my God, we'd light the world on fire. It would just book Green Bay to the Super Bowl. That's it. It's done. So I do think we are a little, maybe a little too harsh on the defense because they are learning new schemes. But overall, three and one, no complaints. They should be here. Now they got a Cincinnati team who's explosive, sure. But even though it's on the road, so it'll be a little tougher, it's, it's the Cincinnati crop. We're not talking about having to go to Seattle or New England or Pittsburgh, it's Cincinnati. They should be able to take care of business and get a dub on that business trip. So, three and one, any final thoughts before we move on to this week's takeoff? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I just kind of feel interested to see if Jair plays this next year, or next year, next week, excuse me. Um, if he plays next week, you know, this will be a true test for Stokes to see how he really is, you know, with the high-level competition against Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd, a great receiving core. It'll be really nice to see how he plays if that's the case. 
be a good test for the young corners too. Sullivan <laughs> and uh, Stokes if Jair can't go. But, I mean, Stokes, I'm guessing – now, I'm not a giant college football guy, but Georgia versus LSU and Jamar Chase, I'm sure they've matched up several times. So there should be some experience there. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Tyler Boyd, solid vet. And then T. Higgins, I mean, put Sullivan or King bigger. He's not the quickest guy, Higgins. So feel all right there. So, all right, fellas, we'll have to keep this moving a little bit. We have seven minutes left in today's show. Take off. Let's go. Are you ready for a showdown? He had the craziest look in his eyes. And at one point he said, let's get it off. More than anything else, because this guy is a has-been. First on that, 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 that is blasphemous. Because it's time for the takeoff. Are you joking me? We're going to be spicy, no? Uh, Alec, do you have a take that's going to blow our minds this week? Yeah. Here's my take. My take is that Aaron Rodgers will only throw one more interception this season. Whoa. I I think he's going to end the season with three picks, and I think that that last interception isn't going to come for – I don't think it's going to be coming for a long time yet. I think probably around week 14. If he throws a pick week 14, I will send you a fruit basket, sir. That is deep. I would take the over, I think, probably five, six. He seems to be a little more reckless this year just because I don't know if he's got something to prove or not, but I would take the over. But sure. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to grade it. Uh, I'll give you a four. I will uh, – I'll take it because it wouldn't shock me. So I'll give you just a solid four. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could see it. Well, I agree with Alex. I think he is a little more reckless, a lot of deep balls. I don't know why he wants to throw the double coverage on the deep ball with the safety of the top. That one scares me a little bit. I think against good defenses with some good safeties, I think those might get picked off. Like Cardinals, I think he might have a problem with the deep ball with Buda Baker back there. Even Seattle with Jamal Adams, I think there might be a problem. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take it because, you know, he is conservative, very conservative at times, but he is risky. I'll take it and I'll give it a yeah, I'll give it a four as well. All right. Score of four. Not bad. Dustin, what do you got? All right. So seeing how the Packers have played these first four weeks, I am gonna say that they will be the number one seed in the NFC this year. Oh wow. Mine was in that same vein, but I'll get to that in a second. I sure, yeah, not totally crazy. Can see it happening. Don't have much analysis on that. I'll give you a three because, yeah, totally can happen, but it would not shock me if one of the teams I am going to suggest for that same prop you stole my prop, but anyway, we'll get there in a second. Alec, yeah, I uh, I could take that and uh, I'll give you a four because I think that that's uh, definitely going to be a hard road ahead. Um, you know, you just mentioned some of the competition we've yet to go through, but, um, you know, I, I think that, yeah, I think it could definitely happen. I'll give you a four and take it. All right. Here's my hot take. 
I believe, and I'm kind of stealing Dustin's prop, even though he stole mine. I am going to suggest, as much as it pains me to say this, the Dallas Cowboys will get the number one seed in the NFC. They have the offense. Their defense all of a sudden is amazing. Well, not amazing, but it's real good compared to what it was. I, they gave Tampa a competitive game, and truthfully, I don't think Tampa was losing that game. The home opener, you get your rings. Yeah, there's no way they were losing that game. But they could have easily went to Tampa and won opening night. So I have the Dallas Cowboys being the number one seed. I don't think they'll go much farther than that. Maybe, maybe NFC title game because all they have to do is win one. Maybe, but Dallas Cowboys number one seed. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's hot. I'll give it a four for hot, and uh, I could also take it because Ooh. I really think that if they can put it together, I mean they've got a stellar O line. Dak's playing great. If Zeke can put something together here, he's looked a little mediocre, much to my fantasy team's chagrin. Um, <laughs> they've got a really great receiving core. I love C.D. Lamb. I love Amari Cooper. Weapons really everywhere. Love- yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Dalton Schultz out of nowhere and tight end is looking like a young Jason Witten. Um, defense is doing enough. I mean, I don't know. I could, I could see him making a run. Sure, I can take it, give it a four. And they play in that crap division that is the NFC East. So yeah. that's eight easy wins right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough as I want to say no, because I don't like, you know, again, you look at the competition they've had so far this year. The hardest one they've had was the Buccaneers and they lost. But you're right. They do play in an absolute garbage division this year, especially being the Washington football team just being awful. I mean, way worse than anyone thought they were going to be. I mean, just, just not their defense is not good. So, yeah, I, I see it happening as so much as I want to say no. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to four as well. So, I do think it's a tough road, but I think they could do it if they wanted to. So, I, we only have a short time left, and I want to make sure we get to our random packer of the week. But I will just say their next couple of games, Giants at home, at New England, at Minnesota, home Denver, home Atlanta, at Chiefs. That's a loss. But they'll be able to compete, and who knows? They might win that game. The Chiefs' defense is terrible. Home Raiders at New Orleans, home Washington. Their their last out of their last four five games, four of them are against their division. Two against Washington, one against the Giants, and one against the Eagles. So they they have an easy enough path. So I could legitimately see. see them possibly taking all of those. I mean, obviously they yeah. won't go undefeated in that but i could i mean even the chiefs i mean if justin herbert could take them down so can Dak prescott for sure yep so th- i mean they have the schedule but anyway that was this week's takeoff we have 70 seconds left random packer of the week let's do it it's time to get wacky it's time for random packer of the week Dustin, who is it? Tilly Voss. Who? <laughs> exactly. Huh? Huh? <laughs> he was an offensive tackle in, in 1924 from Detroit Mer- Mercury. <laughs> I don't even know what school that is, but he was from there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Alex, what do you got? 
Uh, my random Packer of the week is actually a current Packer whose play style reminds me a lot of Dustin Bergine, Um, and that would be Tyler Lancaster. I, I despise you. <laughs> All right. I will end it with a quick hitter of Ruvel Martin, wide receiver. <laughs> I met Ruvel Martin. I what? got his autograph. We yeah. have like less than 30 seconds. Quick, hit us with what you got. All right. So he was at our high school. He came by and a bunch of the Packers played basketball against our coaches for our high school. Uh, another one of the players that was there was Tremont Williams and James Jones. <laughs> This was the Lockdown Corner Podcast. Thank you for listening and make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever else you may get your podcasts. And as always... (laughs) 